The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Woo! That was an episode. I loved it. I thought this was one of the best episodes of the season. I was laughing so fucking hard at that fucking Sheena as the Bachelorette scene. I mean, and then the moms at the end. Holy fuck. I loved this entire episode. I was, uh, endorphins were flowing, serotonin levels were high, everything was all good in my life. I forgot about the worries of the world. And for one beautiful hour, I was simply laughing at these people on my TV and enjoying life. I felt alive. <laughs> it was, it was all happening while this episode was going on. We're going to recap it. Uh, before I do, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want bonus episodes of the show, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And for $4 more per month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. And more importantly, that money just helps to support this show. I want to thank everyone for all the love and support there already. If you haven't noticed, our schedule's a little bit different than it used to be in terms of releasing the podcasts. So right now, I will be covering the Lindsay Lohan Show on Mondays. So the Monday episodes will be recaps of the Lindsay Lohan Show. So there won't be as many pop dives for a little while, at least while this uh, wonderful Lindsay Lohan program is on. (laughs) And then... I'm doing Vanderpump Rules recaps, which I'm trying to get out on Tuesdays after the episode airs. And then on Thursdays, there'll be another episode about Housewives and that kind of other stuff, interviews and things like that. So that's the schedule. You know, we're at three episodes a week right now, you guys. And I'm not guaranteeing every week there'll be three episodes, but I'm shooting for two and I'm hoping to underpromise and overdeliver. That's my goal. So let's get to this episode. We open the episode with the end of the Ariana and Stassi birthday party, that winter-themed birthday party. Now they're all at this house. Everyone's hungover. And right off the bat, I have to say that I love when people are hungover, in, both in person and on TV. I find people who are hungover to be very funny. And everyone's a little looser, myself included. Like, when I'm hungover, I will say and do anything. I have zero filter. And I'm a Libra, so I usually have a lot of filter. <laughs> Which, by the way, during this episode, I literally got on my phone and Googled, is Brittany Cartwright a Libra? She's not. She was born in January. But I was getting, like, Libra vibes from her. I'm engaged! (laughs) I was like, I think she's Libra. She's not. So for all of those wondering, Brittany is not a Libra. I'm already on the brim of freaking out. But uh, I, I do, I lose a filter when I'm hungover. And there's been one or two times that I've podcasted hungover. And I feel like you can tell. When I did the Tyra Banks pop dive with Annabelle <laughs> to Sisto, we, I was super hungover at the time, and I feel like it, it showed, it shined through. <laughs> but so right off the bat, when they were hungover, I was like, I'm on board, I'm loving it. But then they lost me for a second because first of all, when they showed Katie, I thought she had cornrows, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Turns out it, they weren't cornrows; they were just braids. So I was a little worried, but I was taken aback. You know, I 
it was like my eyes went out of my head or, you know, on like a cartoon when the eyes bug out. That's what happened when I thought Katie was in cornrows. Very worrisome. They were just some braids from her costume. But then I turned, okay, because then I found out that this whole huge fight between Stasi and Bo happened off camera. So at the end of last week, we got one of those to be continued. And so it was, we were led to believe that we were going to see this big blow up between Stasi and Bo. And unfortunately, we didn't. We just heard them talking about it. They did one of those things where it was like they cut to each one of the girls in their confessional telling their side of, the, of what happened between Bo and Stasi. So I was worried about that. I didn't like that we weren't seeing it. Very upsetting. Then we see Stasi very hungover. She looked like she had washed all the makeup off her face. And she was very upset. And her and Bo did meet at the house in like a little ledge and talk about the situation. Bo said that he felt like he got dick punched in the heart. <laughs> Bo's a star, you guys. More and more. Every week I'm loving Bo more and more. I am. I wasn't really that on board with him off the bat. I didn't really love him right away. And now weeks go on and I'm like, I want more and more of Bo. When he said dick punch my heart, even though I saw it in the trailer for the season, I was still loving it. So then Stasi is saying she's afraid of Bo leaving. And it was revealed that in the middle of this fight, Bo walked away from the fight because he noticed it was escalating. Now, Matt does this to me. I don't get as crazy like when Matt and I, my boyfriend and I fight. I don't ever raise my voice. Like, we don't raise our voice or anything. But even when, when the fight starts to get like a little bit intense, he'll be like, I need, he'll just walk away, Matt will. And I find that so incredibly frustrating. So, like, I understood what Sassy was doing because I hate when he just will walk away. And in his mind, in Matt's mind, he's like walking away to not escalate the fight anymore, right? Which is logical. But in my mind, in my Libra fucking pain in the ass mind, fucked up my the fucked up brain I have, I can't stand when like something's left open. Do you know what I mean? Like I I need everything case closed. Even at night, I remember growing up, my parents would always say, like, you don't go to bed angry at someone. So, like, I always have done that. Like, I can't go to bed if I'm in a fight with someone. Like, I at least need there to be some resolution, or it, I will agonize about it all night. And so, if somebody just walks away in the middle of a fight, that's devastating to me. That's much worse than the actual fight, because I will just be obsessing over the fight until it's resolved. So, I did understand the fact that he walked away. That would be infuriating to me. So, But also, it was, like, clearer that the alcohol is what caused this fight, you know, because I don't think Stasi would have gotten this fight with Bo if she wasn't drunk. And I think the older we all get, the older I get, the more I realize what situations I can and cannot drink in. And again, I've never gotten like as as maybe passionate enough, <laughs> passionate or or wild. You know, I always say I'd rather cry in the shower than in front of people. <laughs> so I don't know that I've ever been in a, a public place or something like one of these people where they're just, you know, fighting and crying. But I think as you get older, you learn what situations you should and shouldn't drink in. But after this whole thing happened, she's like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't drink. And in, in, in the next day at the that James May relaunch. <laughs> that James May <laughs> relaunch. Wow, what a scene. But we'll get to there. But I think so. Tassie realized it. She got what she's supposed to do. Then we see James meet with Arthur, his life coach. And they got some ice cream, and they sat on the curb, and right when they sat down, Arthur said, James and Arthur and ice cream. And he was definitely trying to land a spinoff with that phrase. He said, (laughs) he just sat down on the curb, and he said, James and Arthur and ice cream. And I think, truly, my 
thought process is that Arthur went into that scene as he was getting mic'd. Maybe one of the producers was probably like, you know, make sure your energy's up. And then Arthur was just going through in his mind, like, this is a make or break moment because Arthur had been on the show before, but only, I believe, one time. So this is Arthur's second appearance. So I think Arthur knew this was make it or break it time because that Arthur got a second opportunity, second chance at the spotlight. And I think he knew that if he fucked it up, he'd never be on the show again. So he went in there in his brain being very high energy, which I'm not sure that he was, but he also was like, I got to give him sound bites. <laughs> He's like, these shows are sound bites. He knows how television works. He lives out in LA. Okay. So he knows that he did, had to give him some sound bites. So Arthur was Rolodexing in his head, like, what can I give him? And so I believe he was getting mic'd up and thinking of different spinoff ideas in his head. And the one that he landed on right before they pushed him out in front of those bright lights of the camera, <laughs> he thought of James and Arthur and ice cream. Look, I don't think Arthur's a creative. Arthur's a life coach. I don't know that he's a much of a creative type person. So I don't know that this idea of a spinoff was that great, but I do believe that this was his idea of launching a spinoff. James and Arthur and Ice Cream. Now, I would love to get Arthur on my show to figure out what that spinoff would entail. Maybe him and James going around to ice cream parlors, you know, trying different foods out. I don't know. I'm not sure. Spitballing. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> Need some of them, someone more creative to figure out all those details. You know, we'll get Bravo on the phone. But I believe that Arthur was going in for it. So then Arthur says to James, give me three words about yourself that you like. Or, or give me three things that you like about yourself. And James said, honest, caring, and driven. Now let's back up. Honest, I'm not sure that we've seen a lot of honesty from James because he has, has he lied? I'm not saying he's lied. Has he lied? Let me think. I need a Rolodex in my head. Caring. I mean, some of these adjectives, I'm just saying maybe we all need to think about. He said, honest, caring, and driven. You know, let's all take some time today and think if we agree with those adjectives. And then maybe, you know, we'll all think of our own adjectives. But those were the adjectives he came up with. And I do think we're, especially this episode, we saw a different side of James. I think he was giving us different levels, and I think he did seem sort of sad and puppy dog. And I said last week, like, I, for some reason, even against my better judgment, I'm rooting for James. And I don't, I, I, again, don't agree with anything he said. However, when I had Tom Sandoval on the show, he did enlighten me about something that I felt I had overlooked. Uh, I don't know if you guys listened to that interview, but I was talking to Tom, and he said that you know, there's been other situations, some of the other cast members doing things like when Katie was slut-shaming Lala, and Lala hadn't even done anything to Katie, and, and Katie had been slut-shaming her. Now, Bravo had made me completely forget that even happened. So I had been on Katie's side this whole time, and then it did make me think back. Now, none of these situations are okay. I'm just saying that it was an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about. So again, I think everything James has done has been complete garbage. <laughs> he's a complete dumpster of things that he's done. I mean, it's awful. But for some reason, there's some small part of me that a little bit is rooting for him. Not, I'm not rooting for him to like rule the world or, or even get much more on the show. I'm just, there's some part of me that does feel bad for him. I don't know. I don't love that part of me, but that's how I feel. You know, that's my story. And we all know everyone has a story. Everyone has a story, different as night and day. 
And everyone has their own journey. Some follow their path, some wander away. <laughs> I'll never tire of using that Kathy Lee Gifford song. <laughs> anyway, so then we cut to a staff meeting, and I love when they do staff meetings on this show. I love it. it I hearken back to the Laura Lee days. Do you remember when Laura Lee, like, stormed out of a staff meeting? I feel like we haven't gotten a staff meeting in a really long time. And in the beginning, we used to get them like once a week-ish. I feel like they happen way more often in the beginning of this show. Now we get them very rarely. So the minute that they said they were sitting down for a staff meeting, I got so fucking excited. Love it. And then Peter is sort of co-running the staff meeting, which is the best look Peter. Like, Peter looks best when he's in that leadership position. It was like him and Lisa running the staff meeting. It made me think that I want Peter to be Lisa's number two instead of Ken. Like, I'd much rather Lisa's scenes co-starring Peter. Because I, you guys know how I feel about Ken. I do not like Ken. Get Ken off my screen. I don't want to see him. Dis- he disgusts me, frankly. And I would much rather have Lisa gallivanting around with Peter than with Ken. So I think we need to do a recast of Ken and and fill him in with Peter. So. At one point, Peter's, like, talking to the staff, and Tom Sandoval cuts him off. And so I'm not sure how respected Peter is amongst the staff. (laughs) But I loved it. So then at the staff meeting, they're talking about James. And Jax is, of course, totally against James now. Like, they were friends for a minute, and now they hate each other after James talks shit about Brittany. And Jax, in his confessional, he said, said, I can find someone else with an English accent and an iPad. That was funny. That was funny. Jax. Good good one-liner, Jax. He was right. So Peter and Diana, they're telling the whole staff that they want James back because he brings in people for his uh, See You Next Tuesday. Which I don't know that we've ever discussed, but I'm not sure that that's a good name for a night. I feel like we can <laughs> think of better names, especially in the era of the world that we're in. Maybe we should go with something else besides See You Next Tuesday, but that's a conversation for another time. But the facts are that Peter, you guys, I had like a bunch of candy before I started recording, so I feel really sugared up. Anyway, the point is, Peter, Diana, Lisa, they're talking about how they want James back because of the business aspect of things. And then the staff, they're all saying, you know, Katie's like, I can't work like that. Brittany's like getting really emotional because she doesn't want him working there. Jax at one point asks, like, well, how can he work here? He's been fired so many times. And it's like, um, what, Jax? You've been fired a million times. <laughs> so the group is totally split. Sheena is on Team James. Sheena says he works there two nights a week, so just don't work those nights if you don't like him. There's just so much beautiful tension happening in this staff meeting. I felt like there was more dramatic tension amongst these cast members in this staff meeting at Sir Sexy Unique Restaurant than any other drama on TV. Truly, like, what other drama is giving us this kind of tension? Nothing. So, so good. Also, Billy Lee piped in and said, you know, Kristen is a trigger for James, so why do you have Kristen come in here? And then Lala and Katie go after Billy Lee, and I was here for it because I was, like, not expected. I saw in the preview that Billy Lee and Lala get in a little fight, but I was not expecting this dynamic to happen, which it looks like it's going to continue next week. Just a lot going on. And I wonder, like, I don't know where I fall on that. Like, is Kristen a trigger for James? Yes. 
but I love, I love Kristen. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. And then all the staff members, they're all like, well, as a business owner, I don't think you should have someone who says this. And then the other person's like, well, as a business owner, I would want my best money night and blah, blah, blah. And so the staff is all <laughs> acting as a business owner. And Lisa's just sitting there like, hold the fuck up. Like, none of you own the restaurants. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good scene. And it ended, what made it so good, it was like everyone was divided. But we, it was hard to know where to land. I don't know where I landed on the whole thing. You know, I said, sometimes I feel bad for James, but then I'm listening, I'm thinking like if I worked there, I don't know that I'd want to work with someone who is like calling my coworker fat and all that stuff. Like, I don't think that's appropriate. So, but then I also don't like that Katie gave the ultimatum, which seemed so set up to me. I don't know. All of it's, I don't know where I land. And that, that's why I love reality TV. And that's when reality TV is done well. I feel that it's forcing the audience to take a st- take a side, and it's unclear on what side to take. So then we cut to Stasi, who's skyping with her book publisher. She got a book deal for a book called Next Level Basic, which is embracing your inner basic, and a lot going on with this scene because as I'm a ghostwriter, co-writer, author, and so the publishing world is interesting. I wondered if. I wondered about this scene. Like, I wondered if the publisher just met with her on Skype because they wanted to be on TV to get the the book ideas out there. Because ordinarily, you wouldn't usually Skype with your publisher. Like you would call or you'd meet them in person. But they obviously wanted to Skype on camera to get this book idea out there. And then they said they she has three months to write a book, which is pretty standard. You know, I don't know. This book is interesting because... I don't, I, I'm I'm very curious to read it because I don't know exactly what it is. I think this is going to be more like a memoir or short stories or something like that. I don't know. I'm excited to see what it is. I mean, I really want the cocktail book from Ariane and Tom. Truly, that's what I'm waiting for. And it's gonna I'm I'm willing it into existence. It's gonna happen. But Bo was watching her like do that Skype phone call, and it was so cute. He, they just kept cutting to him giving like reaction shots, like he was B. Arthur in the Golden Girls. <laughs> you know, if you ever watched the Golden Girls, it was like B. Arthur is the queen of a reaction shot. Like they could just cut to her, and she's giving a good face, and that's what Bo was doing here, and I was here for it. Then we see Lisa, Ken, and Jiggy, and there it's nighttime at Sir. I noticed something about Ken. My arch nemesis. He's on my arch nemesis list. I just decided Ken's on that. <laughs> Write him in. <laughs> He's on my arch nemesis list. Him and Patty Stanger and Melissa Joan Hart. They're all right there. By the way, people have asked me why Patty Stanger is my arch nemesis, and I don't have a reason. Other than she was sort of a monster on her show. I watched every episode, but I do not support it. Uh, but I just decided she's my arch nemesis. I didn't like what she said about gay people all the time, or or curly-haired people, or redheads. Remember, she was just so mean to fucking every group. Didn't like it. So anyway, Ken's on that list, and he was holding his cell phone. He was, like, looking at his cell phone, and his cell phone case was all flowers on it. Did anyone notice that? It looked like a floral print. I'd like to know what it is, why he's got a floral print. I know he likes bright spring colors, <laughs> based off his wardrobes, but... It was a troubling to see that. And you know what? Maybe that's on me. Maybe I shouldn't judge a heterosexual man for having a floral phone case. 
maybe that's my own toxic masculinity coming through. You know, everyone should be able to have whatever they want on their phone case. It was just shocking to me to see this 95 year old man with a floral phone case. You know, it was, it set me back. It was like when I thought I saw Katie in cornrows. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? So it's revealed that they're having a daily mail party for t- at Tom Tom's, but Tom Tom's not ready yet. So they're having this party, and then Lisa and Ken and the dog Jiggy are at Sir, and they're testing some cocktails. So Lisa asked Tom and Tom to come up with three cocktails to audition for the menu. It was revealed that Pandora's taking over the cocktail menu list at Tom Tom. All the Tom Tom stuff I do not like, you guys, by the way. I feel. This whole, we saw a lot of this episode of Lisa sort of bamboozling the Tom Tom thing. I want to, I want to get in there and know what these contracts are like. Remember that at the reunion last year, how there were these like sketchy contracts at Tom Tom. I feel like there's more to that that we're not privy to, and I would like to know more. I tried to ask Tom about it when I interviewed him. You know, I I brought it up, but I think we're either going to get more of it this season, or where somebody needs to do some digging because I need to know what's going on. Why is Pandora taking over? Does Pandora have stake in this? I know that she heads some of Lisa's liquor stuff, but why is she doing the cocktail list? Like, I don't, I, I don't understand any of it. I don't. But anyway, Tom and Tom make these cocktails to. <laughs> I had trouble saying the word cocktails. I'm not used to, <laughs> I'm not used to cock being followed by tails, but. I loved all the drinks that they brought out, and I loved this whole montage of Lisa and Ken getting drunk, because it was just was fun. I like to see Lisa looser, you know? I felt like she was a little bit looser when she has a few drinks in her. She just seems a little more carefree. Loved it. And the drinks all looked good. I've told you guys before, like, I've tried some of Tom's custom drinks before, and they're, like, legit amazing. So I was excited about that. Oh, did you guys catch when Tom Schwartz was in his confessional? and? He seemed so defeated about Tom Tom. Because Lisa told him that they weren't allowed to be there for like the setting up for the Daily Mail thing. And Tom Schwartz, he looked like such a sad puppy dog, which he always, 99% of the time, he looks like a sad puppy dog. But this time was really, I don't know, it really hurt me. He was like, I would love to be there. And then he just sort of like looked down and like one single tear. <laughs> it was sad. Then we cut to Rage Ground which is a place where uh, Katie, Brittany, and Stassi go to break shit. They've done this on a lot of Bravo shows, so I feel like at this point I'm not even interested in seeing it. They did it on Real Housewives of Dallas. I think they did it on Atlanta, maybe. Did they, maybe Married to Medicine did it? I feel like they've done it on a few. And so I'm just sort of tired of it. They did that, remember where they were all doing those fucking escape rooms for a couple years? It was like, I don't like when they find one of these events and then force them all to do it on every one of them. It's like, I don't know, figure out new things. I think the Bravo production teams should talk to each other and say, hey, we're doing an escape room on Atlanta Housewives. Like, don't do it on Opry Ski. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Opry Ski's no longer around, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they just did it too much. And Brittany got really into this when she was breaking shit. She's like, to all the boys who've done stupid shit to us. And then she was making this noise as she was breaking stuff. She's like, rah, rah. <laughs> this noise. I-, I encourage everyone to go back and watch and figure out the sound that was coming out of Britney's mouth. Cause she was just hitting shit and she was like, rah. 
<laughs> sounded like a, a dinosaur being born. It was it was a very surprising sound. I don't know. I was trying to figure out. It was like it was like an angry yell, but without a lot of heft to it. I don't. Does that make sense? I don't know, but I'd like her to start doing Foley art and dubbing movies. I feel like she could be a voice of one of the dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Like, let's get her in there. I would like to see her just do all sorts of random Foley art, which if you don't know what Foley art is, just like those sound effects for movies where it's like they crinkle foil and then the crinkled foil is like one of the sound effects for the movie. I feel like Brittany can do that based on this one scene alone. <laughs> so they get out of this, and maybe it was just sinus drainage that Brittany had. Maybe that, because there was, it sounded almost like something was in the back of her throat. Maybe it was sinus drainage. Sinus infection, I'm not sure. Was here for it, though. Anyway, then they get out of this, and Brittany's like, I've never done therapy, but it feels like we just did therapy. And I love Brittany so much. I do. She seems like such a nice gal. I wonder, do you guys... I don't read it as disingenuous. Does anyone... I'm curious, though, if some people think that it's a front or something. Because sometimes I'll be watching and I'll be like, oh, she seems so sweet and nice. And then I I think, like, am I being bamboozled? Maybe I am, because you can never tell with reality TV. Sometimes the mean ones are the nicest and the nicest are the meanest. I don't know. I wonder what everyone else thinks. But I, so far, like her. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And then, let's see. Uh, Sheena, oh my God, you guys, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Pull over. (laughs) If you're driving, pull over, sit down, take a seat, whatever you need to do to get into a stationary position, because we have got to talk about this Sheena bachelor scene. You guys, I am shook. <laughs> I loved this scene. So Brittany, Katie, and Stassi are at this like that place where you hit shit. And they're talking about Sheena's date, which Sheena apparently like live Instagram videoed it. So then we keep cutting to Sheena's date. And there it's sort of a flashback, but they show it in a way where we see the Instagram lives that Sheena did on this date with some Bachelor contestant. I don't watch The Bachelor, but apparently he came in second on JoJo's season. We see Sheena on the date. So they cut from the Instagram video to the actual date. 
at one point they're going down some slides or some shit, and Sheena's taking video the whole time. Like, what an awful date, like, when the person's just taking video the whole time. Because if you're on a first date, or even just a date within the first six months, actually, scratch that. If you're ever on a date, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've been together a million years. If you're on a, if you're out on a specified date, so they were at some place where they go down slides. It wasn't a playground, but <laughs> it was some place with slides. But Sheena was filming way too much of it, and that's not appropriate thing to do when you're on a date. Like, just put the phone away, enjoy the person's presence. At one point, like she had gone down the slide, and then he was coming down, and she like she seemed really flustered, and she was like looking around. And she grabbed her phone. And she's like, "Oh shoot, I missed you!" Like she was so pissed that she missed the slide. <laughs> but this whole date, you guys, I could not get enough. I wrote in my notes. I wrote, "No, stop it! I can't enough. I'm wheezing. Put me in a coffin." <laughs> Those are my notes. Put me in a coffin because I was dead after I watched this scene. It was so fucking funny, so embarrassing. And then, not only that, but we had Stassi, Kristen, and Brittany commenting on it. And they filmed it like The Bachelor. This whole date felt like it was filmed like they were on an episode of The Bachelor. And then it was like Adam, who Sheena was overly flirting with last week. He is best friends with this guy from The Bachelor. And so... In in Sheena's confessional, she's talking about this guy. She's and then she's like, "Well, Adam and I are we're just best friends now, or we're just friends, and we don't want to mess that up." She's like, "But if he would have sex with me, I'd have sex with him." It's like so cringy, so cringy. And then Sheena makes out with this guy on camera, and I don't know. Was she trying to get on The Bachelor? Like I could, I thought like my production hat went on, and I thought, is she trying to get on The Bachelor? Like, is that what this is a play for? Like to maybe. Or is she doing it, is she self-aware to do, to know that it's all for jokes? Like, maybe, maybe Sheena is doing this almost to troll us all and, like, laugh at the scene, but I don't, I, I was like, what is going on? She must have gone into that scene thinking, let's make this like The Bachelor, like, it's a guy from The Bachelor, like, let's do that. But that would also take a lot of self-awareness, like, do you think, I don't know. But it was so cringy and so fucking funny. So fucking funny. I felt alive. I felt more alive than I ever felt. It was it was like The Bachelor, but then all of a sudden, they would have this romantic kiss, and they would talk about life and their friendships and whatever. And then she would just be like, well, why won't you fuck me? And it was like, what? <laughs> what? Who does that on a date? <laughs> So far, a lot of Sheena stuff feels like a separate show. You know, like, doesn't it feel like a separate kind of show? Sheena, Sheena's on her own show. <laughs> Sheena's got her own spinoff, and you guys, I'm not even mad about it. Like, ordinarily, when a cast member is filming, like, totally random things by themselves, I would say that's it's time for them to get off the show. But something about all of these Sheena scenes where she's separate, like, make me laugh so fucking hard. Because they're all so cringy, and, like, they're almost past... They're okay. So I find like cringe comedy really wonderful. That's why the comeback is my favorite show. So, but there's a fine line because sometimes cringy is just cringy and not funny. Do you know what I mean? But for some reason, like <laughs> Gina's scenes, they go over the line of cringy to funny to me. Like they almost, they feel like a version of Valerie Cherish from the comeback. It's like, that's what's going on in Sheena's scenes now. And if you look at it through that lens, 
I find that they're amazing. But, I mean, the comeback was scripted, so this is just... I don't know, but I felt alive. The point is, I felt alive. So then we see Lisa's at TomTom getting everything ready, and then TomTom, we're told that they're not supposed to arrive, but then they show up, and Lisa pretends to be mad, but they were all on a call sheet. You guys, they don't just film this without a call sheet. Okay? This isn't like... You know, back in the day in the real world, this is the kind of reality programming we're watching now. They have call sheets, so Lisa had to have known that Tom and Tom were going to show up. And I don't like I don't like when this stuff gets too scripted. And I felt that that whole thing was scripted. So that uh, it was weird. Also, like, why wouldn't she let him there? It's like they paid for this. That's why I think the contract stuff is all fucked up because if they are part owners of this place, like they don't have to fucking tell you when they're going to show up. They can show up whenever the fuck they want. So what's going on there? What's the truth? What is the truth? And Ken was in that fucking tight, tight pink t-shirt. This floral iPhone case. <laughs> Maybe I'm just jealous of Ken because he could wear floral patterns and I can't. <laughs> I'm more of a fall palette. <laughs> and he's a spring palette. And I'm just jealous. That's what it is. Case closed. <laughs> So then we have Kristen's uh, James May relaunch, which I already felt like I got enough from this episode. I felt like that Sheena scene was enough. And here we are getting more greatness with this James May relaunch. Kristen said, my launch is finally happening. And then she goes, well, my relaunch is finally happening. (laughs) She's like, I invited friends and media outlets, and I did this once before, but we're going again. And then they flash back to Kristen's first foray into James May t-shirt lines. And we saw one of the t-shirts and it, like her old t-shirts had shirt. They were just like random phrases with horrible grammar. It was like, things work out how they always has. <laughs> the worst. Like who, no one proofreaded her previous shirts. It was just like random words and uh, you know, things work out as they has. <laughs> It was like how Dorinda, I don't know if you guys have seen, I, I posted on online before, but Dorinda on her Instagram stories, sometimes she'll post maybe under the influence of alcohol and it'll just say things like me home. <laughs> That's how James May original t-shirt designs were. It's just like me home, <laughs> me home. <laughs> home, home is where the heart are. <laughs> oh, home is where the heart have been. It's like, be who you is, instead of be who you are. And like, look, Timbaland could get away with that in 2004, but the James May clothing brand cannot just get away with using these prepositions in random places. (laughs) Oh, I'm so stupid. So this James May, but the new shirts look good. I actually think they look cute. And all the moms are in town. And Lala calls James. They decide to meet. We see Dana again, Dana Stasi's mom. She's there in town, and they're all going to go to dinner soon. Bo showed up in a floral shirt, a floral sweater that looked like Ken's phone case, and again, very jealous. They're all wearing floral patterns, and I need to get on board. Maybe that's what's the point of all of this. And you guys, Jax is being very defensive. So they're at this James May launch, and Jax says in his confessional, as he hears that Katie now is talking about him and Brittany getting married, he says, our relationship is perfect, or as perfect as our relationship can be. He just seems so defensive about everything. And that was when I googled, is Brittany a Libra? 
because she said, like, I can't stand when people are disappointed in me, because she felt like Lisa was disappointed in her at one point. And so that's when I thought that. Then we learn that James has been asked to DJ the first party at TomTom, and Katie is pissed. And what's funny to me, or interesting to me about the Katie and Schwartz relationship, or dynamic, is that Tom always ends up in the middle, and he seems like the kind of person that never wants to be in the middle of anything. (laughs) He does not ever want to have to make decisions. He seems like a not good decision maker. And that's coming from me. I'm a terrible decision maker. I hate making decisions. Even if it's something like, what should we eat for dinner? I'm like, Matt, you need to decide. Like, I can't figure it out. I'll agonize over decisions forever. So whenever Schwartz is forced to make a decision, I love it. It always makes me laugh. And so Katie's like, well, we just got to get over it. Katie just has to get over it for the TomTom thing. And then, so we see Stassi with Dana, Stassi's mom. And we do a little flashback. We learn that at Stassi's birthday party, not only did Dana comment on her daughter's boyfriend's genitalia, she also grabbed his ass. We saw a flashback to it. And Dana, you guys, is a wild card. She's a wild card. I thought James's mom was going to be a star this season. I learned this episode. No, Dana's going to be the star this season. Every week it changes who the breakout star is going to be. We we saw none of Raquel this this episode, but here comes Dana like a wrecking ball. And she told Stassi in front of Bo, I don't want you to be yourself and mess it up. Like, what the fuck? And then Stassi said in her confessional that Dana hasn't had a relationship that's been healthy ever. Eek, there is more to this Dana Stasi dynamic than we're seeing. I think we're getting tastes of it, and I need more. We're getting a taste of honey, and I want the whole beehive. <laughs> I, need, I need more because this dynamic's fucked up. It's a little bit like uh, what's her name in Dallas? Deandra and D, Mama D. I don't really give a rip. It's sort of like that dynamic in a way. Although Dana's like much less successful than Mama D and probably smells more like whiskey, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Also, Dana's for sure, like, danced on a bar topless, whereas I don't think Mama D ever has. Although, maybe. Maybe. And also, Deandra's much different than Stassi, too. But not the good ways, you guys. I'm not, I don't like Deandra. There, I said it. (laughs) But now we said it. But now we said it. Anyway, where were we? So, Dana has never been in a healthy relationship. And I'm curious to see more about that. Then we see Lala. We cut to Lala meeting James. And Lala rolls up to this little cafe. I don't know what the cafe was, but it was like a Panera. I know it wasn't a Panera, but it was like that kind of thing. It was like a Panera-type place. It wasn't like a fancy sit-down restaurant. It wasn't a bar. It was a Panera-esque establishment. Which, by the way, I worked at Panera in high school. I was a dishwasher there. So... Where was I? Where are my notes? Hold on, I lost it. Oh, so they meet, and she rolls up in her Rolls Royce, and she said, oh, my other car was busy, so I took Daddy's Rolls Royce. And I don't like, I don't like when people, I don't know, although I say Daddy sometimes, maybe. I don't know who I say it to. I don't think it's appropriate. It's a little creepy. It's creepy to me when, like, girls say it about their boyfriends. You know? It's one thing to tweet at Ryan Phillippe and call him a daddy. And it's a horse of another color to call your boyfriend daddy. I think those are two separate things. Can I tweet that Henry Cavill's a daddy? Sure. But I'm not going to be calling Matt my boyfriend daddy. I don't know. I think there's the line that we cross there. So they meet, and I do feel bad for James. He started crying. He felt it seemed really sad. And 
Lala eventually like accepts his apology and they make up. And the whole scene felt sad to me. It wasn't even just about James. It was like something about the way that they were looking at each other made me feel bad. It seemed like they had so much was left unsaid or something. It felt very like, I know we use this analogy a lot, but like very Tennessee Williams, where it was like, they were, they started talking like, Lala's like, well, how's the music going? And then he's like, I got a new song. You should hop on in. And she's like, yeah, I'd love that. But then the subtext of that was like, that's never going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that will happen, but it was like the subtext of everything they were saying, it was deeper than that. And I don't know, it just felt very dark to me, but also so fucking compelling. And they do decide to go in the studio together for a song called Future. <laughs> and I'm ready for it. I am ready. So then we cut to the, another scene, which uh, another fantastic scene, you guys. It was like another A plus five star scene. It was. Kristen, Stasi, and Katie going to dinner with the moms, Dana, Terry, and the other one. And it was so great. So we, we cut to them on the street. They're like walking in the restaurant and Dana already looks half in the bag. And she is telling Kristen that Kristen's her idol. She's like, I want my daughter to be like you when you grow up. She's like blowing so much smoke up Kristen's ass. And I thought, this is where we're at here. Like this, what's, what's going on? Like, why is Dana so far up Kristen's ass? And I didn't understand it. Like, it seemed like Dana was ready to make a scene right when she, like, from that street. Before she even got in the restaurant, it seemed like Dana was trying to get her moment. And weren't they on, they were on The Amazing Race. Like, Stassi, before Vanderpump Rules, her and her mom, they were on Amazing Race, right? So was, I didn't watch that season. I've watched a couple seasons of Amazing Race, but I wonder, was that Stassi season? Was the mom a star? Like, somebody needs to find out and fill me in. Like, what was Dana like on that season? Because I need to figure out if Dana's in this reality TV game for the long haul, or if she was just making an appearance and she happened to be messy. I don't know. But she was just, <laughs> I don't know. Or was I couldn't tell. Like, the everyone's, I, everyone was a little off in the scene. They either drank before, or maybe, I don't know. Some, maybe Dana seemed a little, I don't know. You know, read between the lines. It almost like, did she have some pasta? I don't know. But something was up the way that Dana was talking. Maybe they just had some drinks before. That's probably what happened. But they all got to the restaurant, then they sit down, and Dana had been talking so much wonderful things about Kristen, and then they all cheers to Kristen's James Mayline. And then I thought to myself, that's where I want to be. <laughs> I was like, I want to be at a dinner somewhere where I can toast to Kristen with a bunch of uh, older women. You know, because I love an old lady. Like, I love a, a 40 plus woman. Not saying 40s old. I'm saying I like any, I typically tend to gravitate towards women over 40. Okay. Even better, 50 plus. Even better than that, 60 plus. Even better than that, 70 plus. 80 plus, sign me up. Okay. These are the type of people I'd like to hang out with. You give me a 90 plus woman, I'm in heaven. Okay. And, and they're probably about to be because they don't have much time left at 90. But, <laughs> neither here nor there. The point is, I like an old lady. <laughs> and to see three older women with these three younger women at a restaurant cheersing to Kristen, I thought, that's my perfect life. Why am I not there? I need more scenes with these moms. And then Dana, you know, she did something, seemed up with Dana. She said she, she said she's trapped, she trapped Bo in a habit trail, which didn't make any sense. And then I got a little distracted because the way the waiter that served them was hot. 
And then at one point, like, Stasi was talking, you guys. Stasi's like, talking about, telling a story or, like, arguing or whatever. The mom fell asleep. Like, she fully fell asleep. I think, if you rewind it back, there was, like, uh, 35 seconds that the mom was sleeping at the table. <laughs> they were talking to her and at her. And she, Dana decided to take a fucking nap. Okay? Now, we've seen that from Ken. Half the time, Ken looks asleep. But Dana, I've never seen asleep before at the table. It was like she took a, she went to blink, and then she just took a nap. You know what I mean? So that doesn't happen when you're completely, completely sober. Like, you have to be, you have to be a few Pinot Grigios in when, you know, you blink and then take a nap for a minute. So Dana, Dana's a superstar, is what I'm saying. <laughs> More Dana. But it was so fucking funny. She just closed her eyes. She didn't mean to take a nap, but she entered her REM cycle after, uh, you know, closing the eyelids for a blink. <laughs> what? What is going on? And then she said, because she cried, and then she said, my ovaries are being absorbed by my body. I'm in menopause. Like, what the fuck, Dana? What the fuck? I wrote my notes. The scene is amazing. <laughs> and then Kristen and Dana, like, teamed up against Stasi. What a dynamic duo. Those two just te- teaming up against Stasi, And then Kristen and Stasi fight. And then Terry... They cut to Terry, Katie's mom, and she was definitely in over her head. Terry is not suitable for reality TV. Like, she does not seem like she is up for the game of reality TV. And quite frankly, I'd like to see more of Terry. I'd like to know Terry's story. Everyone has a story. I'd like to know Terry's because she was definitely in over her head with these people. They were all being so dramatic. And you guys, then, my favorite part of the whole fucking episode, Dana is getting upset. And she's chewing on a bite of her food. They are, the food arrived. Dana's eating her food. And she's got tears in her eyes. And then she gets up to leave mid-chew. Mid-chew. She didn't even swallow the food, and she decided to get up and leave. Like, what the fuck? Wouldn't you at least swallow your bite of food that you had? She was chewing. Go back and rewind. I please beg everyone to watch it, because when she stood up to go leave the table, she was chewing on her way out. It was, she was taking a bite of that food and just eating on her way out. And first of all, it's not safe to walk and chew at the same time. I learned that as a child. <laughs> you always swallow your food. It was like, you know, my mom always would say, don't run with gum in your mouth. You can't, because you're bound to choke. Dana is, was moments away from choking. It would have been a Mrs. Doubtfire scene. Remember in Mrs. Doubtfire when it was like, uh, you know, someone started choking at the dinner table? Hello! <laughs> That was my doubt. That was my huge. <laughs> That's my Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. <laughs> I'm so gay and annoying. Anyway, Dana was close to choking, and I worried about it. She didn't have any liquids in her hands. She was just walking off the table and crying and chewing, and that was dangerous. But it made me laugh so fucking hard. And then the moms all gather in the other room, and then the girls are at the table, and you guys, we got a peek into the future of this show. If this show goes on for another 30 years, that's what we're going to be looking at. Like, and I hope it does go on for another 30 years, and I hope we see this scene. Like, I, I think that in 30 years, Kristen, Katie, and Stasi are going to be at a dinner table, and they're going to be consoling each other after a fight the same way that Dana, Terry, and the other one were. It was like a peek into our future, and I loved it. And it made me think, like, I do want to see these people forever. 
I do want this show to go on forever. I don't ever want it to end. And if tonight's episode was any indication, we could go on forever because people never really change. And so Dana is a future version of Stasi. And I think that's a good thing for us who watch reality TV. I'm into it. And you guys, I just love Dana. I love Dana's work. Dana was, you know, being consoled by the other wives and she's like, but I love Stasi. And she was like crying. And she was doing a phenomenal work. And she really became a star this episode. Now, every week when I recap this show, I say a new person has become a star. And I thought at the beginning of the season, it was just going to be one person. Like I said, I thought it was just going to be Raquel was going to be the breakout star this season. But as I've learned, every episode, there's a new breakout star. I think last week, James's mom, Jackie, became a breakout star. Which, by the way, did you guys see what James's mom posted online? She posted like a fucking letter that was like written in all caps, which, you know, people don't, most normal people don't write in all caps. Okay. That was troublesome to look at. But go look it up. I tweeted it at some point, but if you look up what James's mom wrote online, there were all these weird points and it was like very aggressively against Lisa and aggress- and she talked shit about Kristen in this letter. It was very bizarre to post that online. And if I was on a rea- if I was on a reality show and my mom wasn't <laughs> and she wrote a letter about all the cast members and like posted it online, ooh, I don't know. It was it was crazy to look at. I thought this letter that she wrote was insane. But anyway, the point is she became a star last week. This week it was Dana. Now, I think we need to do maybe we need to announce a star is born for every episode. You know? Every week we need to decide who it is. So this week, Dana, a star was born. I love this episode so, so much. Next time we find out, next next week they show scenes and we see Tom in the trumpet, we see Sheena orgasms, and Brittany, I don't know what she's freaking out about, but she's like, I'm on the brim of freaking out. <laughs> it's like hysterical. I'm engaged. <laughs> I, love, I love Brittany. And I love when Brittany gets really emotional about something. She's like, I'm on the brim of freaking out. I love her. Oh, I love her. God bless Brittany. And next week, we get a little bit of that from her. I'm super excited. And then we get some Billy Lee versus Katie, which, again, unexpected fight. I'm loving it. But this episode, you guys, I loved it so fucking much. I thought it was perfect TV. I was so engrossed in the drama. It felt like the drama was spread out evenly because, you know, it wasn't just all James stuff. It wasn't just all fucking Dana stuff. It was like everyone was getting into the mix felt very balanced. There was so much comedy that fucking bachelor scene with Sheena could watch on loop. You know, and honestly that made me want to get Sheena on the bachelor. Let's get her on the bachelor or bachelorette because I would laugh the f- my fucking ass off at that. You know. So what else? You guys, thank you so much for listening. What a delight. I want to say please find me on social media. I think I already said that. Uh, if you like the show, I'd love it if you went and rate and review it only if you like. <laughs> It would be super helpful on iTunes or Stitcher if you like if you like the show, it would be great. Uh, what else? I want to thank Samsung Technologies for sponsoring the show. We will be back Thursday. I have Jackie Schimmel on the show. If you guys listen to Bitch Bible, she is fantastic, the best. So we're just gonna have like a little housewives chat and where it will that'll be Thursday, and then again next Monday will be Lohan recap, and then Tuesday will be Vanderpump. So what else? let's do our little cooldown. I don't know if I did the cooldown last week, but let's do our little cheesy, cheesy cooldown. 
which by the way, you guys, every time somebody's new to the show, sometimes I'll get DMs from people, you know, that start listening to the show and they haven't listened, you know, from the beginning or whatever, but they'll say, they'll be like, what the fuck was that cool down? (laughs) Or also people would be like, what the fuck is that theme song? Like, I'm like Kimberly Locke. (laughs) And people would be like, oh, it's, I've got messages like your theme song's stupid. I'm like, I fucking love it. And it is cheesy and I love it. And this cooldown is cheesy, but I love it. So anyway, let's let's all do that. Let's center ourselves. And let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Take a deep breath out. Take another deep breath in. Now, like Arthur told James, I'd like you to all think of three words that describe yourself that you, you know, three good adjectives that describe yourself. Breathe out. Now think of those three adjectives and be proud of the fact that that's how you would describe yourself. Hopefully they were positive and uplifting things. If not, think of three more things that you like about yourself. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.